0: Hey, hey, Holly. <laughs>
1: hey, Dave.
0: What is going on today on the What Difference does It Make podcast?
1: Oh, Dave, it's another great day at the What Difference does It Make podcast, isn't it? I just, you know, we, we, we love radio. You know, we've always loved radio, and therefore we love speaking to radio people, which is what we get to do today, right?
0: Yeah. On our last episode, I threw out to the atmosphere like, oh, maybe we'll talk to someone from the Midwest. I don't know. I guess Ohio isn't exactly the Midwest, but it's uh, let's say Mideast, but it's it's close. We've talked to people on the coast. We've talked to Canadians. Now we've got someone in Akron, Ohio. And who is that, Holly?
1: That is Brad Savage, the program director of WAPS, The Summit. Yeah. It's a non commercial radio station in Akron, Ohio.
0: Brad is, uh, as you will hear, a, a huge music fan. So he was excited to get into our list as we are. He was discovering new music. And uh, uh, I think we discovered <laughs> a few lost classics as well in this list. So we're going to talk about the songs 90 to 81 played on K in 1985. Is that right?
1: That is correct. That is the K Rock year end chart.
0: Okay. Let's get right into it. This is Brad Savage from the Summit FM in Akron, Ohio, on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. So I'm oh. in the basement. <laughs> oh, great.
1: Oh, yeah. Basement. We don't have basements.
0: I know. We yeah. don't, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Very good. What do you have in your basement? Is it all albums? Oh, it's years of music collecting. Yeah. Not a ton of vinyl. I
2: mean, there's some vinyl, but it's more CDs and movies, you know yeah it's it's a little bit out of control
0: as i was looking at your bio like most of the people we've talked to kind of stay in one area you are a true radio guy so okay so you start you you grew up in minnesota right
2: yeah grew up there and then it was like missouri was kind of my first full-time stop in columbia missouri and madison wisconsin and ann arbor michigan and then to Charlottesville for almost 10 years. And I've been here for six years, though. It's harder to move nowadays,
0: so yeah. I don't want to do that again anytime soon.
1: Couldn't move any further west than Missouri.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding.
0: And Akron's been great for you, it sounds like. Yeah.
2: It really has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a nice move into the non-com radio world. You know, what drove me wanting to come here was, you know, even more creative freedom and programming freedom and, you know, reaching people that care about music, you know, that that want to be challenged, at least to
0: some degree. Moving from city to city, have, what's unique about Akron, let's say? Let's just say from uh, what well, you've discovered. You no know,
2: it it's been, it's interesting because, so Akron, Canton, Youngstown between, and that's just south of Cleveland, but between those three, there's about a million people across those three cities. So it's a pretty sizable area. And, you know, the big difference has been at the corner in Charlottesville, I feel like it was, you know, we were a commercial station. I was able to take some musical risks and be fairly edgy, but I feel like it had more of an overall place in the larger radio market. Like you could reach, you felt like you were reaching maybe more people, but they weren't as engaged. They weren't as much music people. And the difference with public video is, like, it doesn't... So in Charlottesville, we kind of felt like, almost like a Hot AC usership sometimes. Like, you know, a real cross-section of people that weren't music heads, but they tuned to our station. And here, we don't really get that as much, but there's a lot more interaction about what we do play and what the station means to people. You know, it's, it's generally people that are excited to hear something new and different. It's a balancing act in each city, kind of feeling what a sense of each city is like.
1: I always felt like with a, a non-com, uh, just as a listener, not as a radio person, obviously the listeners are more passionate and you're a target for them as opposed to, you know, just flip you know flipping around the dial.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's even more appointment listening or like yeah. you're built in part of the day and they just anticipate and expect you there whereas it was a yeah there were definitely more instances of you know maybe shorter time frame listening and we could get people excited about new songs at my previous stops but you know but here they've almost built a trust with me and with the brand and with the station. You know, if we want to do something kind of left the center, they'll, they'll roll with it and see what we come up with. We do a, a theme each night at 7 p.m. called 7 o'clock special. And so it's a, it's just a different theme every night in music. And like tonight's show is 60s garage and the nuggets era and like the root to punk and like, I couldn't have gotten away with a whole hour of that <laughs> back in Virginia. I could have yeah. picked one or two songs maybe and done a featurette. But like here, you know, we pre-promote all day. Like listen for the 60th Garage Hour tonight. It's a special theme and you'll hear the Sonics and you'll hear a Psychotic Reaction by Count Five and all this crazy stuff. So it's it's pretty great. It's it's nice reaching that community of people that all you know, that have an affinity for just the medium of of radio and the music
0: and that's yeah, rewarding yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure and that's clearly you as <laughs> as I yeah, who's totally. a, a huge fan and you love the themes and I've. I've just been yep. reading about your, your new uh, venture. Can you tell me about ham radio? And I don't understand this, really. Well, plain yeah, it's,
2: <laughs> this is so strange. So I have to credit my radio friend who works in Alaska, in McGrath, Alaska. His name's Paul Walker. And he's at this awesome public station up there, KSKO. So uh, around the holidays, he announces on his social media that he's doing this simulcast of his request show on shortwave radio on the station WRMI shortwave. I'm like, wait, how do you do that? You can do that. How can you do that? So anyway, I started talking to him and I had listened to shortwave and had a shortwave radio growing up and liked tuning in from all over the world. Well, long story short so the s- signals are kind of the, they're high power they're like 100,000 watts many of them or even more and they just cover hundreds and thousands of miles across countries borders and they'll bounce across the ocean in some cases and i don't totally understand the tech <laughs> side of it or whatever but there are stations that are essentially like you know time brokers where you can sign up for to broadcast your own show and send it to them and they'll put it out on various frequencies that they operate. So there's only a handful. There's probably about 12 or so shortwave operators in the U S you know, you give out your email address and that's part of the geekery of it is you say, give us your reception report, drop us a line. A guy from, he said he was on a river boat rafting in Peru and out in the middle of nowhere with his shortwave radio. And he was like on a holiday or something. And it took a few days and he was back to civilization. And he goes, yeah, I was listening on the Yukayali River in Peru. <laughs> way out in the middle of nowhere. It's really <laughs> and, fun. That's not that cool? Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yes. All right. And so tell us, what it, what is your theme? What, it, what are you doing here?
2: The show that I invented during the pandemic on the summit on my home base station and it's a special show called cruise in the decades. And the idea is we pick one song from every decade of recorded popular music history. So we actually go back and start in the 1910s and then the 1920s, and then the 1930s, and the 40s. So it's one song per decade up to 2020s. So it's 100 years of music. And I intentionally mix it up. So it's like, we'll do like a 20s jazz, and then a 30s blues, and then a late 40s R&B, like a roots of rock and roll type song. So I'm trying to hit different sounds and styles, but it's kind of from a A AAA or a rock listener viewpoint. So I, I'll intentionally grab like, you know, original, like I've played uh, Robert Johnson uh, Crossroads, which was covered by Cream or like, you know, stuff that people kind of know from music, from more recent music But go back and find the original versions and things like that. When the the Radio Miami WRMI people were like, what kind of show do you want to do? That's what kind of hit me as being just funky enough and being a one-hour concept, you know, where you can pick one song per decade. So we call it cruise in the decades we do it on friday afternoons on the summit and it's gotten such interesting curiosity that i thought that might get some interest you know from people just scanning the dial and and at least each you know at least one song should hopefully appeal to 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 everybody you know depending on their age group and the decades covered and everything it's
0: going over all right you know (laughs) it's pretty cool On Facebook, you're always posting, like, you're going down the rabbit hole for, like, you know, whatever, some sort of theme or some sort of band. You do that a lot. So
2: I have a a feature called Sorry Not Sorry. It's just a one-song thing at 4 p.m. And the idea is to find... An, uh, you know, a forgotten, oh, wow, kind of song like that. So that is often 80s or even 90s or 2000s at this point. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could kind of be anything. But, yeah, I love, like, obscure, cool, classic 80s stuff because that's when I was listening to Top 40 radio growing up in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, so what was your station of choice? What'd you, uh, what you were you listening to?
2: Well, you know, at the youngest, you know, in, like, the grade school and middle school age, it was probably – the big top 40 stations there were WLOL and KDWB. KDWB is still going today as a, as a CHR. We had great rock stations, too. So I grew up with KQRS, KQ92. The most influential, though, was in 1990 to 92, KJJO, KJ104, was one of the original commercial modern rock stations when there were probably fewer than 20 and I was only in eighth and ninth grade at that time. But Perfect. that's where I heard Perfect. Yeah. the Ramones, Jane's Addiction, James, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, all those super dragons, like all that stuff is what they were playing. And the original Lollapalooza lineup, too. That was just so influential to me. That station is, is kind of what inspired me to want to pick songs on the radio for people was just so much music that i found there
0: counting down the hits as we do on the what difference doesn't make podcast we're looking at songs k-rock played in 1985 let's just stop for a second calm down cool our jets and take a break
1: Welcome back to the "What Difference Does It Make" podcast, and our guest Brad Savage.
0: So, all right, so let's get into it already. Jeez, we're okay. stop okay. yapping. Let's go. <laughs> all right, um, so we're going to do songs uh, ninety to eighty-one. These were played yep. on KROQ in nineteen eighty-five. This is from their year-end list. We'll go through it, and we we can kind of shake our head, going, "What what was going on here?" Okay, so this was uh, number ninety. Is "Dead or Alive" in too deep? which is not the Genesis song, which came out a year right. later. Uh, actually, there was another, what was it? Um, uh, Some, Some 41, another band had in 2 d yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. <laughs> Did you see the video, this Little Mermaid video?
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> so this is what's interesting because to me, I didn't know this particular Better Alive song. In my universe, they're kind of relegated to the one for the one-hit status, you know, for Spin Me Round. And I liked this song quite a lot, but I didn't really n- know it as, you know, it's one of those songs that hasn't endured, which means it would be a great, surprising flashback. I could offer you
0: this song it made it up to number 14 in the uk i think people know you know obviously people know you spin me around and i also think that people know the name pete burns like he was kind of like a yeah that's he, true he was kind of like a you know like a boy george kind of a, this uh this yep. unique character yeah so he was I,
1: an icon and he was yeah. you, this this video i mean i always loved his look back then i tried to you know emulate his look but
0: the hair in this one with the Aquanet, you know, hairspray, this video was is- awesome. <laughs> you did love it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was it? Little Mermaid didn't come out till 80, something like that. And this was like it felt like it was it was like a Disney movie, like they were ripping off Little Mermaid. But this came out before Little Mermaid.
2: Yeah.
0: But this album, Youthquake, I don't know if you've. Did you have this, Holly? Did you have the Youthquake? Yeah. You did. Okay, yeah. yeah, it went gold. It sold like over five hundred thousand in the in the U.S.
1: They yeah. were huge in my world. I well, yeah. everything, and I had I had not heard this song. And you spin me around is not one of my my favorite uh, Dead or Alive songs. But as soon as this song, because I I uh, you know watched the video, I found myself singing at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I didn't even remember. It, it just wasn't at the top of my you know it wasn't top of mind. Singing
0: at the top of my lungs. I love this song. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: did, did they also have a hit, Brand New Lover? Is that oh, yeah. Them? Yeah, that was no,
0: a little bit later. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that, so that's the other one that I kind of knew by them. But, you know, it, it's funny to remember that all these bands had ongoing albums and careers. And, like, even though I'm a couple of years too young to have experienced some of those, there's always more to go back and find.
0: Yeah. All right. Here's some, this this band was so big. This is the first song of four that are on the charts, on this K-Rock chart. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wow. yeah. So we're going to be talking yeah. a lot about Dead or Alive Yeah. <laughs> the, the future. As we should. As we should. Yep. I mean, this is a great dance song. Were you ever spinning in the clubs? Did you do anything like that?
2: No, not really. I... <laughs> I always kind of wanted to, but yeah. never really got to do that. I, I DJed weddings on the side, and I don't miss that. <laughs> I mean, that pays well. Yes, it does. You can get uh, some yeah. decent money for that. But oh, it was just like it would take your whole Saturday, you know, and like, and then you had to deal with the toughest program directors in the world. <laughs> Rides. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, that's why
1: they pay well.
0: That's right. Got to do what you got to do. Let's go to number 89 and the catchiest (laughs) of all catch-alls. This is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves, which reached number nine in the U.S. And uh, I believe every single generation knows this song. (laughs)
2: oh for sure yeah Yeah. this is an interesting group that has really prevailed and uh i love the film and the book high fidelity and uh (laughs) there's a scene in that where jack black is dancing to it at the record store Uh, yours i assume
3: Okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music, see if
2: I care. Gosh, we still play this on my station, especially during the summertime on like just a beautiful blue sky, sunny summer day, you know?
0: <laughs> Would you dare play this in January in Akron, Ohio?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, it- Possibly to like, to like try and annoy the, uh you know, sometimes you have to poke fun at the weather a little bit, but yeah, probably not on the regular basis. Ironically.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, ironically. <laughs> ironically, you can totally do it. Yep. You know, I think of Katrina and the Waves as kind of like this one hit wonder. However, kind of looking at their, their bio, they had a huge hit. Are you familiar with the Eurovision? This uh, the, in Europe, like where they find the yeah. like the best song of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah,
2: the, yeah, right. The it's kind of like the, the star search type show, right? Yeah. Oh, but oh. songwriters submit songs, and then people yeah. sing. "Yeah, I mean,
1: it's huge, so, incredible."
0: But uh, apparently, someone like Katrina and the Waves can submit a song, and this one in 1997, mm-hmm. the song "Love Shine a Light," actually won. Oh, really? Yeah. Love, shine a light
1: in every corner of my heart Let the love light carry, let the love light carry Light up the magic in every little part Let our love shine a light in every corner of my heart
0: This was a yeah. huge hit in the U.K. back in back in the 97. You know, of course, it doesn't wow. cross over to the U.S. A lo- lot of people just n- know them as the Love Shine a Light band. <laughs> Not, wow. Right?
2: See, I remember there was a song in like 88 or 89 maybe by them called That's the Way. that I remember from WLOL in the Twin Cities, oh, yeah. which was, you know, later. It was probably a mid-charter. You know, it was probably in the 20s or 30s somewhere. Um, and I remember that song. But, uh, you know, but for sure, Walking on Sunshine is the signature tune for that band. Yeah.
0: Number 88. This is a band, uh, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions, and a great song that I love called Perfect Mm -hmm. Skin. Um, This was a debut. This is their debut album from uh, the album was called Rattlesnakes. Are you familiar with uh, with Lloyd Cole and the song?
2: For sure, and that's one where I credit KJ-104 back in the Twin Cities, yeah. which uh, they were on air, and Don't Get Weird on Me, Babe, was current. So I knew they played Tell Your Sister, and She's a Girl, and I'm a Man. And by, by liking those songs, I became familiar with some of the earlier stuff, including Perfect Skin. Uh, so I knew this one, but I feel like, Music people for sure know who he is, but he never really broke through in the US the way right. that he deserved. You know, th- and mm-hmm. like all this early Lloyd full stuff is so great.
3: I choose my friends, but with far too well, I'm up on the pavements, and they're all down in the cell with their golden grass. And my IQ they brought me down size. I could tell you blue. Girl. I know her well, she's upon the pavement. Yes, yeah, she's a weather girl, and I'm staying up here, so I may be undone. She's inappropriate, but there's much more fun. I when she smiles my way, my eyes go out, in she's got perfect skin.
0: Yeah, just production wise, I-, I love song a lot and I think it still holds up yeah
2: yeah Really? Yeah, cool. For sure. He's definitely got, you know, cult following people that collect all of his releases and singles and things like that, too. So that that's one of those that, like, feel like our station, you know, our type, especially in the non-com world, we can kind of champion artists like that, right. um, that that means something to the music people. There's there's a lot more passion to an artist like that and a wow factor, you know, when you dig out one of those songs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: good to know. Good to that's he, good to hear.
0: Brad lives for the uh, the oh wow. He wants those moments. Yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be in radio if it wasn't for the oh wows. That's right. <laughs> All right. This is a song that we're going up to eighty seven. Prince in the revolution, Raspberry Beret. This is the second of two songs from the chart, the highest charting one. When did Prince enter your world?
2: <laughs> well, you know, we have a actually it's kind of funny. Um So I'm from Minnesota, and Prince was a thing for sure. But I was pretty young at the point of those early records. So I remember being on a family vacation in Hawaii. I was probably, I don't know, (laughs) six or seven. And I was already, I brought a radio and was (laughs) tuning around to the Hawaii stations. And I heard the song by Prince, and I was like recording it on a cassette tape. (laughs) <laughs> and I ran out of time on the cassette tape, and I remember being so sad and telling mom and dad, like, I'll never hear this song again. I'm not, we don't have this in Minnesota, because at that point, he wasn't played on Top 40 in Minnesota. But when we got back from the trip, within a few weeks, they started playing it, and that was, to you know, that's the first one I remember anyway. What song was it? Or uh, I'm sorry, When Dove's Cry" was the song on uh, in, in that example. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So a couple years earlier on "Purple Rain," but yeah, like Prince. Prince entered. You know, there's quite a. He's a big part of the vernacular of for anyone that grew up in Minnesota, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah I was the same way, yeah. but but yeah, I remember when I heard When Dove's Cry," I, I practically pulled to the side of the road, like, you know, like what is happening? But, what is this? Song? What is this?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting to me, was K-Rock a pretty good champion of Prince for, for those <laughs> 80s years? I mean, did they play a lot of those songs?
0: Um, not too much. I think Purple Rain, yeah, starting think... in Purple Rain, but I don't remember hearing like Controversy or, or any of those. I, we're, they weren't on the charts. I don't... I had, yeah. I, I, I remember so. reading about Prince and seeing things like he, you know, I, I heard about like he, he opened up for the Rolling Stones and he got booed off the stage. And so you know, like, I heard, I heard different things about Prince and like, okay, maybe this is something I need to look into. And then like, I, I you know, I think it was something I really had to look for initially, but then, you know, yeah. once 1999 struck, then it was like, okay, then, I'm all yeah. in.
1: Yeah, as far as K Rock, the one standout song that I remember K Rock playing, which is how I got turned onto it, is "Erotic City." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was at that time where they played everything from from Prince, even yeah, "Erotic City," which was a B side.
2: Yeah, think they got fined for that somewhere along the way because I think they were playing an unedited version.
1: No,
0: or something. he was, he was, he was saying, I funk think in the beginning it was yes. funk, not not what you think it was. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I know, <laughs> and like that's what's so funny, like. I'm pretty sure it's funk as well yeah.
0: yeah so talking about funking have you ever uh you know Prince was working at the five and dime he was his boss was mr McGee he he sees this woman he takes him takes a, rides on his bike to old man Johnson's farm and uh, and then they start funking so you know that's, that's what and you know fine you could do that we could play that
3: Yeah.
2: You remember the cover of Raspberry Beret by the Hindu love gods around 1990 or so.
0: Have you seen Prince before? Going back to Prince, did you ever go? We
2: did. We did. My my wife and I, when I lived in Virginia, he played a show in Greensboro, South Carolina, North Carolina. There are all those (laughs) boroughs in North and South Carolina. So we did a road trip. It was like three hours, but it was like, yeah, it was it was Prince and Chaka Khan. beautiful? This was like probably 2013 or so. And it was awesome. Uh-huh. Oh, it was good. so great. I'm so glad because I never saw him in the Twin Cities when I was growing up.
1: You said a minute ago that Prince is part of the vernacular in Minneapolis, which yep. we know this to be the case. I'm trying to think of, of here in Los Angeles. Do you think, I mean, other than like the Beach Boys, is there another band that you could associate like Prince's with Minneapolis? Yeah, I mean, Prince is, like, sewn into the fabric of Minneapolis. Wow.
0: Well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of bands. I mean, we have right a there. lot
1: of those bands, but you, I mean.
0: Guns N' Roses, you ever heard of them? Oh, or, you know, Guns N' Roses. I just, I have to go <laughs> to the know, uh, 80s hair metal band. Yeah, yeah, well, well,
2: that's, that's true.
0: true. Did, yeah. Were you oh, into yeah. hair metal at all?
2: Oh, yeah. I kind of skipped over that in the introduction. Okay. But yes. Like, I was way into the final years of hair metal. And, uh, you know, and, and so I was in kind of middle school at that time. Perfect. Um, And and the reason I started listening to that station, KJ-104, was previous to it flipping to modern rock in 1990, they were called Hot Rockin' 104, <laughs> and they were playing all the hair bands.
3: Tired of those wimpy rock sissy oldie stations, then welcome. This is Hot Rockin' 104 FM, and we're gonna kick some ass.
2: And I was so annoyed when they changed formats. I was like, what the hell is the Smiths? I've never even heard of this, you know? <laughs> and he eventually came to love it, of course, but oh yeah, I... I have a real soft spot for all the hard rock and the the hair era in the last few years. Like I like Saigon kick a whole bunch. (laughs) I liked them and I liked, uh, uh, you know, just all the, uh, and warrant. I was a good, good warrant fan. And funny enough, the late lead singer Janie Lane. Come to find out, he grew up in Akron and started his first bands here in Akron and at Kent State in Kent, which is right next to us here. Yeah. So oh. before, before relocating out to uh, Sunset Strip, sound. Yeah. <laughs> Have you made a pilgrimage out here? Only once. I've only visited once, and uh, we did go to the rainbow, so that was pretty sweet. But I'd like to come back. I've only really spent time in L.A. that one time. Yeah, you might have to show me around. Oh, yeah. Hot spots. <laughs> very happy
0: to do that. But I yes. love that. You, I bl- I love that you were are only here for one time, and you had to go to the rainbow.
2: Yeah, it was like it was like a couple of my friends were like. We Gotta go see the rainbow, and we did catch a glimpse of Lemmy sitting at the bar that oh. very night. Well, so it was, it was,
0: it was not a
1: biggest star sighting, yeah, it, <laughs>
0: yeah. It's not a rare occurrence. He, he literally was just there, I mean, just playing the blackjack machine just all, like all 24 hours a day, all the time. That's Lemmy. There you go. That's Lemmy. there you go. Yep. We're talking LA. Let's move to number 86 <laughs> yes. Cheech Marin, born in East LA, a song. That was so great that they made a movie out of this, the song. Yes. There was, first came the song, then came the movie. So 1985, born in East L.A., were you – are you familiar at all with Cheech and Chong, you know? So,
2: yes, yes. And, well, actually, my dad has a couple of Cheech and Chong records. <laughs> Good, so as he should. I was well-influenced <laughs> from a young age. But, yeah, and, and this was a song that I was hearing as a novelty tune on the top 40 stations at the time in, in Twin Cities. Springsteen was so big at this time that yeah. they were playing the parody. So I have this 45
0: Somewhere. Oh, that's great.
2: Somewhere. I still have it. (laughs) And I do recall seeing the film once. And uh, gosh, I need to look that up again someday.
0: (laughs) Right?
3: If you can, where were you born, man? Huh? Where was I born? That's right. I said, where were you born? Hey, you one of those dudes that do horoscopes, man. Hey, I'm a cancer with a bad moon right here. Look here, Elfago. Watch my lips. Where were you born? I was born. green card huh green card i'm from east l.a all right well then who's president of the united states oh that's easy man that guy that used to be on death valley days uh john wayne all right let's go come on
0: did you get dr demento
3: yes
2: Actually, so Dr. Demento <laughs> was aired on that same station, on KJ-104, and they even played Dr. Demento when it was hot Rocking, and it survived the format change. Yeah. So Dr. Demento is pretty universal.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had some pretty hardcore fans, so yes. I think they would have spoken up. I mean, there needed yep. to be a home for it.
0: Yep. I mean the song is really good and and the uh It is and, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And the you know the video. The video yeah. yeah. I mean it was yep. it's and it unfortunately, I mean, it's still kind of relevant today. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. it kinda of holds up. The movie made seventeen million at the box office up to like uh the sixty-fourth biggest movie of the year in between Share <laughs> Suspect and Masters of the Universe. So Okay, cool. <laughs> Are you kids in the masters of the universe? Have you introduced them into that, that world?
2: You know, no, I should, I should see. There's another one from my list. I got (laughs) to dig that out and see how it goes over. E-man.
0: Yeah. Come on.
2: Yep. Yep. I bet they'd like it. I bet. Although, although the animation probably isn't up to par by standards on that topic. It's funny because David, my older son had a, had a couple of weeks where he loved the Jetsons and he was hinging all the Jetsons episodes. But after he saw him, he kind of was over it, you know. But yeah. but I liked that it connected at least for a while.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. here is a fun fact: someone actually did this. They did the research. George Jetson was born this year.
2: I saw a blur, <laughs> like a little like a meme or something yes. about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> born this year. <laughs>
0: oh, what so, about
1: Jane, his wife?
0: Yeah, I you know probably she was probably <laughs> a younger trophy wife. So yeah, maybe not yet. Yeah. But, but so you know, flying cars will be in forty years, right? That's where we're. I think
2: that's great. I can't wait to see. It. I can't
0: wait. I know it's it's exciting. It's coming our way, oh. flying cars and Rosie the maid. Oh, it's going to be great. This has got to be the one hit wonder of all one hit wonders. Uh, this is Baltimore Tarzan boy. Oh, 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 everyone knows this song. I mean, this is it's a great. Yeah, it's that's still catchy. Great-
1: I have
2: that in the library on the summit. Now, I don't play that regularly, (laughs) but I've dragged that out for the sorry, not sorry on occasion. You know, (laughs) this brings back good memories for people, I guess.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, peaked at number 13 in 1986. Mm -hmm. And these are guys from Milan, Italy. Oh, okay. But it was, yeah, it was kind of like an international hit, it was like a mambo number no. five type thing, yes. where you know, like everyone yep. knows it. But you know, it was like a worldwide hit. Everyone, you know, Despacito or something, just a yeah. song that uh, just the whole world just embraced. Songs like that
2: are fascinating. You. I love right. those songs that, that, like, you know, that people in distant countries that we wouldn't even think might be familiar with, just people on the street, you know, if you traveled to a place like that, that's a, that's a cultural bond right there, yeah. <laughs> some of those pop songs. Right.
0: Hey. Yes,
1: no, it is. Even the even though we're singing the words in English, they're singing them in English having no idea what they mean. <laughs> what they mean. Or even, no.
0: yeah, yeah. Even if they do sing in a different language, but you can just go, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa, and everyone yep. follows along. I love that. Yep. <laughs> Moving on to number eighty-four, uh, this is Graham Parker. This is from an album, Steady Nerves, and he had the, the biggest song of his career on this record, which is, wasn't that big. It was number thirty nine. It's the song was wake up next to you did okay it was like a top 40 hit for him which graham joked about like that make i guess that makes me a one-hit wonder because that was his only hit but uh the song that k-rock decided to play is break them down which is actually a pretty good song i I really like this one
2: good song and and the one that I was not previously familiar with. I I need to fill in some of the the catalog, some of the albums with him because I feel like I've never quite known enough about his uh, album except squeezing out Sparks. I've I've spent a lot of time (laughs) with with that record, which I love, but some of that 80s era stuff I need to know better. We play Get Started Start a Fire sometimes on the station. I have that in the library. That I I think was a couple years after this one. He was in This Is Forty. That's Do you remember right. That film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and, Paul,
2: and
1: he, Paul
0: Rudd he was like himself
2: the as, himself yeah. as kind of a struggling artist, you know. At,
0: true at his, to life. It was very true to life.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was kind of like a, a little insight into the music industry. Yeah.
2: It really was. Actually, yeah. We need to go back and see that movie again. That's a good. That was a good film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little too true sometimes. Like yes. This. Yeah.
3: From the retro label Unfiltered Comes the first Graham Parker In the rumor record in 30 years When we play together The magic was just Ridiculous and I think what we've got Is just so great What are you doing?
1: I'm contextualizing him as one of the great figures in rock history You can not
3: show him In his prime in 77 And then jump straight to him As he is now it's terrifying. You gotta reverse it. You gotta show him as he is now very briefly and then show him in 1977. You gotta Benjamin Button it.
1: I know what you're talking about, okay? All rock stars are older now. Steven Tyler, David Bowie, Mick Jagger. McCartney.
3: Oh, okay, stop it. Palm Everybody Party. that you are mentioning looks like an old woman now. You're just mentioning a bunch of Jessica Tandys. Keith Richards gets away with it. But that's because Keith Richards looked 70 when he was 40. And now that he's 70, he looks 69. He's regenerating.
0: So is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like a big, big deal for you guys?
2: Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, we, you know, the mindset at our station is we love it. They're super easy to work with. We've gone to their facility to do interviews with certain artists, you mm. know, that are that, like just have, you know, that don't have time to make the trip to Akron. But the Rock Hall is great for saying, use the studio and come on up, you know, and uh, we just did that. Last summer with Amethyst Kia, as a matter of fact, you know, she didn't have time to travel to Akron, but she had a show in Cleveland and the next morning before leaving town, she really wanted to go see the Rock Hall. So we set it up to go do a sit down interview with her there and get some photos. And I love that the Rock Hall's right here. Like it was a it was a big selling point for me to want to, you know, wanting to come to to this area. I hope we can do even more. We get some people that are like, you know, every time they announce a list, some people are like, "How can they let Janet Jackson in? She's not rock, (laughs) you know." And like, I'm so tired of that, like
0: that philosophy, (laughs) you know. Well, okay, so who is your snub? Who has been snubbed that you want to see in there? The big one, of course was Akron's own
2: Devo, who were on the ballot last year, but didn't make it. And the whole city of Akron did a whole thing. Uh, they were putting up Devo, like Devo, uh statuettes and like just weird looking Devo art sculptures around the city and everything. But I have a, I think they're going to make it in the next few years. That's, they should. Yeah, they I, really should. Yeah, yeah. I was yep. kind of
0: prompting you for that. I was like waiting for you yeah. to, say... <laughs> Wait for to say Devo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: But I think like there's just so much Devo love in, in the Akron area that to me it's almost like they almost
0: already are, you know? Is it like Prince in Minneapolis? Like, you know, like they own that? T- I mean, well, I guess Christy yeah and i mean what is can you do a rock and roll tour at akron you could say okay here's where chrissy hyde went to school yeah you
2: actually can i mean there's quite a bit um besides devo and chrissy um you know you and the black keys of course james ingram was from here and you know he grew up in this area and like went to university of akron and things like that and like Hmm. he passed away a few years ago but they renamed a street uh, as James Ingram Way in Akron. What? So, uh, you know, and he's on, he co wrote a bunch of the songs on Thriller and like worked with Michael Jackson. Yeah. So he's from here, you know, and then you've got this like kind of next tier of super cool Akron breakout artists like Jessica Lee Mayfield and Joseph Arthur. There was also this additional kind of Akron punk thing around Devo where certain bands like the Bizarro's and Tin Huey and Rachel Sweet and all these others were like coming up kind of underneath they weren't quite as, you know, mass known as Devo, but there was definitely an Akron punk moment. In, in, in 1978, Stiff Records did a full album called the Akron compilation and it's a bunch of, those bands, like that next tier of Akron, Ohio, punk bands that got released on stiff records as a compilation in the UK. It's so cool.
0: You've done your Akron research.
2: Yeah, I love this. (laughs) I love this stuff. It was one of when I was moving all the time. That was one of my favorite things to do is like kind of research the music history stories, like stuff that broke out to some degree at least nationally from each city like when i was in missouri i discovered that gravity kills was from jefferson city missouri remember them in the 90s that's a great band and you know i always knew them as a st louis band but really they formed in jefferson city missouri you know everybody had a story of how they all the local bands wanted to get to that level you know yeah (laughs) pretty cool
0: all right let's go to number 83 the '80s are filled with duos. Here's a great duo: Go West. It's another duo that we love, like Tears for Fears, Hollow Notes, Wham. All those guys. This was Go West. The song is Eye to Eye, and it reached uh, up no, to number seventy-three in the U.S. And I guess there was a dance track. It didn't feel like a dance song to me, but it's uh, it, was, it reached number thirty-two on the dance tracks. So I, I don't mm. know. I, you know, obviously, Go West had some more to offer for us, but this was the song that K Rock played.
1: You mean other than the King of Wishful Thinking?
0: Well, that's what yours. Well, you're thinking of Pretty Woman, but yeah, there was you know like Call Me yeah. he was a song that uh, and uh, Faithful.
2: That's a band that, outside of King King of Wishful Thinking, I had never really known or spent a lot of time with. Yeah. So I might need to need to, to go back and rediscover this stuff. See, I love the K Rock history. Is that yeah. like? You know, it kind of pegs me to say, like, I need to listen to these and get to know them a little more. Yeah,
0: so a theme would be 80s duos, and you could include Go West.
2: Yep. And this song,
0: Eye to Eye. So did you give it a listen? What do you think of this song?
2: Yeah, I I liked it. And this is another one where I just just didn't know this one at all. But I love coming across stuff like that. Yeah. I could see it being a little bit, you know, I think dance sort of meant a different thing in the early 80s. So I guess I can see that.
0: Yeah, it was kind of we talked like there were some songs that that felt a little more adult that uh, K Rock yep, started yeah. playing, and and this was definitely uh, definitely something that was more sophisticated, I guess. I guess King, you were a king of wishful. Th- you were a pretty woman, weren't you? You were, you were you all in on that?
1: You know what? They of of the duos, you know, of the '80s, they were not the top of my du- favorite duos list.
0: <laughs> okay, well, what about Eye to Eye? What did you? Uh, I didn't remember this song. Not at all. So, what do you think of it? Hearing it in it's not. It's Karen? it's
1: nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice.
0: <laughs> all right. Wow, that's very diplomatic of you. Okay. Well, Dave, what do you think? It's not Tarzan boy, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> or walking on sunshine?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> okay, so let's keep moving then. Number eighty-two supergroup, the Firm, and the song mm-hmm. "Radioactive." Paul Rogers. Love, love, love it, yes. love it, love it, love it. Well, sure, you're a you're a metal guy apparently. I'm a rocker. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was actually surprised though to see that this had been played on K-Rock. so right. I would have thought it was too rock for K-Rock. Me you know, too. K-Rock was like modern rock, alternative, whatever. And um, and this, to me, is like a KLOS song, you know?
0: Last week, Phil Collins, Billy Don't Lose My Number was on there. Yeah. And, uh, and there, John. Was, there was a Nelton John song on there. So they were kind of testing the yep. waters, I think, kind of dipping their toes and like, all right, hey, KLOS listeners, look, you know, we got this, you know, yep. you might like what we're playing now
1: this infin- I, I had forgotten about song and I do not remember hearing it played on k-rock at the time but I love this
2: song well and we're still in the 80s in this countdown so it may not have it may have been more of a flavor or a test you know it may not have been right. played yeah. as all that much but it was there to some degree which is which is an interesting programming tactic.
0: As we looked at like early eighties, they, uh, you know, like you could hear Rush, you'd hear Rolling Stones, yeah. you'd hear a lot of different things on on rock So they they were always trying different things. I mean, yep. you look at uh, Tony Franklin, who's the bassist. I don't know if you saw the uh, the video, but he had like a, a haircut like uh, Lamal from Kajagoogoo. He had like this. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was like okay, this is definitely in the eighties. Yep. I like the fact you know like Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page playing together. That that was kind of a interesting yeah. matchup.
1: Well, I'm not uptight, not unattractive, turn me on
3: tonight, because I'm a radio radioactive. radio well, it's not a fight, and I'm not your captive, turn me loose tonight.
2: way Paul Rogers is kind of cooler than get than gets credit for, like, you know, if you say all-time great classic rock, people are going to say Zeppelin or The Doors or The Who or The Rolling Stone. And, like, Bad Company is almost, a, you know, like, a little further down the list, and they maybe should be higher, yeah. you know? That vocal of his is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. that voice. Phenomenal. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, Paul Rogers, was—they were on Swan Song, the Zeppelin's yeah. label. Yeah, but, yes, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that like an iconic voice, just uh, phenomenal. Yep. Still need voices like that. Chris Slade went on to drum for ACDC. You know, when Phil Rudd was in trouble, when he was, uh, you know, <laughs> he was in trouble with the law, then they they came, they brought in Chris Slade.
2: Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> this was a very good example of a super group. and a great sound, yeah. a little bit of everything, like with, what they, you know, you. You can hear their influences.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool. I like trying different things. I love, you know, are you enjoying what uh, what Robert Plant's doing now with uh, with Alison Krauss and oh, that stuff? Oh, I love it. Right? I think it's,
2: yeah. yeah. I And, like, to me, it was super cool that the first single off the new record is that Lucinda Williams
0: right. cover. Can't let go, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, because it was just like, you know, that's a song – her version of that is a gold for us. So it was kind of like instantly familiar, such a cool talking point. Right. But the album's just terrific. It's it's really, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really think those two working together have a really special sound. So I'm glad that second album happened 14 years
1: later. Right, you right. Know?
0: <laughs> Why not? Yeah, too, I mean, you know, they're kind of a, another super duo right there. I love yeah. it. It's great. Yep. Yeah, I hope. And
1: they're too. timeless. Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: They really are both of them, and I love that Robert Plant doesn't need Zeppelin. He doesn't, you know. He he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to look back. He's doing things that excite him. So that's that's great. And I I wish Jimmy Page would kind of pair himself up with uh you know with Morrissey or something. I don't know. You know, just you know, right? Exactly. You get that look, but yeah, maybe it might work. You never know. Yeah. Who knows? Try something new. I'm sure you. You know. What? Just my two cents. Whatever. Okay. Let's keep moving. (laughs) Okay, we're we're at the uh, this is it this our um this the Dream Academy which uh like the Paisley Underground sound and uh, this is the the Love Parade which is uh, I think it's brilliant I didn't realize until I looked it up it was produced by David Gilmour of uh, from Pink Floyd
1: oh I didn't know that yeah Yeah. I know I found the same and I kept I was thinking that David Gilmour yeah
0: that David (laughs) Gilmour yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and to me, this is another one where I didn't know this song. I knew of the, uh, of the, and I know Life in a Northern Town. Yeah. This is another band that has kind of been, uh, you know, relegated to just that one song. So mm. it's cool to explore the catalog a little bit more and hear what else they were doing.
0: Life in the uh, Northern Town made it up to number seven, and for some reason is not on the K-Rock chart at all. They didn't, they're like, mm. you know what, we're not going to. I'm sure We're not they played play that one. I, I know. It's too popular. We're not going to play it. Yeah. K Rock had a lot of that <laughs> attitude. So they played Love Parade, which is still a, a great song. And you, Holly, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, that? it's nice. I didn't remember it either. Oh, no. I, I It's good. You know, I was a, a huge fan. I liked life in a northern town, but this, it was good to revisit. And the whole, And of course, you know, the whole David Gilmore thing gives you a little more of an impetus to go back and listen to it. Oh, sure. See if you can hear it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I didn't know it either.
0: Yeah. If you listen to the album, it's like an adult sound a little bit. Yeah. It's a, something a little bit different. When you compare it to like Radioactive or, or something, it's like, mm. wow, okay, they, they're yep. playing this as well. That That's great. Did so, you like it then? James? I did. Yeah, I mean, I was. Yeah. I love the the paisley sound and just kind of like yeah. that kind of evoked of the '60s a little bit. You know, you yeah. got your Prince and you got the Dream Academy also doing like disco- rediscovering the '60s. And so I was, I, I was all in on this. There you go. That's uh, there's our ten songs. <laughs> love
2: it. This is a really fun show, guys. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. All right, so- I have. Some I, I think I know where it is. Do you remember W uh, O oh, C- X Y? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Foxy yeah. From uh, Cincinnati, and well, they used to do the Modern Rock 500 on uh, Memorial Day yeah. weekend, and I have one of those or a couple of those had somewhere saved, uh, the, uh, the archives, you know, of the 500 songs. I think I have like the 1998 or 1999 version. So I feel like I need to send that to you guys and you can do a oh. show about that in the future.
0: <laughs> Keep going. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: But it would take, yeah, they would do, uh, I remember listening on the internet when that was a brand new thing. You know, they would take all weekend (laughs) to do a 500 song greatest alternative of all time countdown. So. It was
1: fun. You were afraid of missing something and now you can have anything on demand. On demand.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep.
0: Do you so yeah. So you probably get listeners from all over the place now. Do you, are you getting?
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, most of our internet listening Frequently is like they have a connection to Ohio, or they right. used to live here, or something, and you know. But we're starting to get. Uh, I think our number is like in the like eight or ten percent range that are like beyond signal coverage, uh, you know, beyond terrestrial coverage of our signals that uh, are members that are actually subscribers to the station, yeah. which is great. That's but, great. I mean, so it really is. Re- it's all about the brand and, and what's, what makes your station really memorable and special and unique and local and all of these things. So I think that for our type of stations, that's the future, you know, is building out the brand, hyper focused on on a certain locality, but also branding out beyond that, you yeah. know, and just finding your tribe, finding your tribe elsewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. That's uh it is it is crazy. I mean it's no longer yeah, no longer the dial. You can't think of it like yeah. that anymore.
1: Yeah. Such a different mindset, especially for someone who grew up radio in radio, you know. Really.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think like there's still an excitement though about the idea of hearing it over the air and like tuning in a signal. Yeah. Even even among young people, they like that idea. I think that I think that it's just that radio itself has done a not very good job in the past few decades, you know, of, of, uh, cultivating a next generation of listeners. Mm. But I think that the idea of that broadcast, I think that's why the short wave thing is catching people's (laughs) attention. You know, like the idea of like someone listening in Madison, Wisconsin, but some dude in Peru at the same time, listening to the same show. Like that's pretty cool. That's
0: great. (laughs) you have like a kid's channel. There's like an HD.
2: Well, we do. Yeah. 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 So our HD, we have Jam radio, which is a station really hyper-targeted at say about eight to 12 year olds, you know, just preteen, but before they start getting bombarded with advertising messages and like, you know, the consumerism stuff. So we just play clean, fun, pop tunes, new, old, and whatever. But the DJs on Kid Jam are short messages from kids in the Akron Public Schools. Our license is held by Akron Public Schools. So we work with a couple of the different schools, but one school in town in particular called Miller South has kind of like a drama-type program. And so we get a bunch of their kids recording messages about, you know, just exercise or eating right or being healthy or not being a bully or what to do if a bully comes after you know or like things like that and it's it's kind of a fun thing it, it makes us look good to the public school system you know that that holds the license so it's good
0: yeah that's and
1: cool. you're cultivating the next generation of jocks
2: we hope so
0: <laughs> right yeah. yeah
2: although when we do get student tours or things like that cause our studios are actually at one of the high schools. Like we're not directly in the building, but we're connected to the building. And, but it's funny when we, when we give the tours, like I said, they're interested in radio and like, you know, talking over the air and how that all works. But, They're also interested in the technology and, like, how do you send the signal and, like, you know, or social media stuff or what video do you guys do, you know? So it's kind of interesting that it's expanded. It used to be people dreamed of being the ones to talk on the radio. I know I did. Um, (laughs) And, like, we still do find some of those people, but really all the different facets of the technology is a big part of it now. That's so funny.
0: That's such a huge LeBron's from around there. Yes. Have you seen? Yeah,
2: and he and you know, he was playing well, I was here for a couple of years when you know, when he was still with the Cavs and the and the big year that they won in uh in 2016. But yeah, LeBron grew up in Akron and still maintains a residence here, although I think he mostly is based in LA now. And like he's done a lot. Like, yeah,
0: he still has you know, like a with
2: the school, a right? This area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, so the school, the I Promise School, yeah. uh, is also part of the Akron Public Schools, which holds our license. So okay. I, I'd like to do do more uh on, on the uh, shoulders of the lebron story you know and like maybe he can do a, a weekly radio show someday how cool would that be
0: you <laughs> gotta work on that i know that's you would
2: yeah.
1: think it doesn't seem so far-fetched <laughs> yeah. it doesn't you know
2: yeah i mean it's probably just time and everything but i mean maybe he'd do a, a monthly special we've also approached mark mothersbaugh with that idea by yeah. the way too of like a uh,
0: well he a, he wrote a monthly
2: r- radio special he so wrote
0: Rug, rugrats that's him
2: Yes. Yep. Yep. So and I, I, you know, and and the nice thing about being a public radio station like that is uh, I I was able to say, just create your love song mixtape to your hometown, like no Uh parameters at all, like you can play whatever you want. So might might be time to knock on his door again (laughs) sometime soon here.
0: Gotta do that.
2: That's
0: yeah. All right. So plug yourself. When when do we hear Brad Savage on the air? When when are so
2: yeah, so I'm on from three to eight, three PM to eight PM uh Eastern time, uh weekdays. So each weekday afternoon and uh we do a local music. Our area code is three three zero. So at three thirty PM, we do a local feature every day, and uh, and then my sorry not sorry flashback is at four PM every day. So yeah, each uh, each weekday afternoon, and various special programs and weekend type stuff and whatever. So it's a labor of love for sure.
0: <laughs> so when I so when I'm yelling at Alexa, do I say play the summit or do I say play, WAPS? Say,
2: play the summit radio. And it seems, I, I think you can now, I think it works now if you just say the summit, but just to be safe, we say play the summit radio and that'll bring her on in. Okay. So All right. I'll put have it to. In. Do...
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. All right, take care of your kids, Brad. Why are you ignoring yeah. them? I mean, come on.
2: Great. Holly, it's nice to meet you. So and nice to meet I've known, you. I've known of you for a while. I've heard <laughs> of you in years past. So it's nice to meet virtually. And David's so good to reconnect. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, that's the reason I'm doing this, just so I can reach out to everybody that I exactly. love. Exactly.
1: <laughs>
2: yes. Yep. Absolutely. All that right. was really yeah. fun to have you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah so, well, yeah.
0: so Brad is a huge music geek. That was, he's a music nerd, but I, I, I like to think of him as a radio nerd just uh, geek out about songs that were played back in 1985.
1: I love how much he loves radio, and I love how much he loves music, and it's always nice to hear somebody when they're surprised when you throw a forgotten song at them. Somebody who knows so much about music, it's almost like you, I ah, didn't I expose someone to something new?
0: The main reason we, I do this is because I like to reach out to my friends and have them come on the podcast. I also love to hear their take on these these long forgotten songs and wonder if uh, if they're relevant still. And I, I think the, a vast majority of these songs that we listen to are still very memorable and and wonderful. We talked for a while. Some of the stuff that we talked about uh, it might not be on our podcast, but there's other ways to hear stuff that we talk about. Uh, isn't that right, Holly?
1: There absolutely is. There will be outtakes on our YouTube channel. So just search for What Difference Does It Make Podcast? Also, we'll be posting some of the outtakes and, and little well, bits and pieces on all our social media at WDDIM Podcast. So subscribe.
0: Thanks again. We're gonna We're going to continue our countdown with who knows who. I don't know. We'll see, because we have new episodes every Friday. Your guess is as good as mine at this time, at this juncture.
1: But it'll be fun. Uh, For sure, it'll be
0: fun. It will be. We're all about the fun. So until our next fun-filled episode, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later.
1: Over and out. What difference does it make as a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network?